Hi, this is Helen and Terry Norbo from Sweden. Welcome to our podcast, Reformation Scandinavia. We pray that this message will inspire you to a deeper intimacy with Jesus. Remember, you can reform and change your life for the eternity today. Enjoy this message. In this episode, we are going to talk about Reformation. If there is something that we love, that is reformation. We're also going to talk about reformation in any nation, how we can experience that, what are the hindrances, and so forth. And we have a special guest with us today, Candy Smitherman from Florida, USA, our dear friend who is an amazing woman of God. You that listen to us probably already know her. She has her own podcast here on Charisma Podcast Network, and she is a writer. She's an author. She's a pastor. She's a prophet. She's on Sid Roth, and she's an Elijah list. She's everywhere <laughs> where you can find good teaching and she's there and she she's written a lot of books the she will come out with a new book now in july i believe it's about releasing heaven on earth but for those who do not know her so uh, pastor candace can you kindly introduce Sure. I'm blessed to be here. Thank you so much, Terry and Helen, for having me today. It's so awesome to see you and hear you on the Charisma Podcast Network. I also have a podcast. It's called Manifest His Presence. And so I'm really excited to know um, that you all are on the network, too, and that you'll be getting lots of downloads. Woohoo! This is so exciting. <laughs> Wonderful. So um, you gave me an amazing introduction already. Um, I have uh, a three television shows. One of those is the Glory Road Show, and, and you can watch that on um, Faith Networks, on um, social, my social media at Candace Smithman, um, my YouTube at Candace Smithman, Facebook. Um, I'm also on a variety of networks around the world, King Television, Praise Television. I'm getting ready to start on Precious TV. I'm on Faith Networks. So my show is seen um, by millions of people, and I have the opportunity to interview top prophetic voices like yourselves. You all have been a guest on my show as well. And I also have um, a prophetic live show that I do on Wednesdays, too, where people actually come online with me Wednesdays at one o'clock. I also air on Jesus Daily, which is the largest Christian Facebook page. It has about 35 million. And so a lot of people join me weekly to um, have uh, not only hear a word, hear a prophetic word for myself and my guests, but we also pray and prophesy uh, for people as well. So we see lots of healings and miracles happen on Wednesdays. And then I have my show uh, on the Sid Roth, It's Supernatural Network. That's called Your Path to Destiny. And so people can find me there by typing in my name, Candace Smithman, and It's Supernatural Network. And there's lots of really, really good teaching there. My husband and I pastor a church here in Florida, in Jacksonville, Florida. It's called Freedom Destiny. Destiny Church. And so uh, we've been pastoring uh, here in Florida for 14 years. We've been pastoring all together for 16 years. And then I also have another podcast, um, which is called On the Glory Road, and that's with Destiny Image. I published quite a few books, um, tried to get to Sweden quite a few times, but I've been blocked uh, by this COVID. But it was a blessing and an honor to be a guest in the School of the Supernatural. I just want to encourage people to make sure you sign up at Re ReformationScandinavia.se 
and sign up to learn all about the School of Supernatural and come and be a part of that. Um, but I, I love to teach about the Word of God and I love to see the supernatural. So I'm a revivalist. I like to travel. And I know that your podcast is about Reformation Scandinavia. So yes. revival should lead to Reformation. And so I am blessed Amen. to be a guest today. So Amen. thank you so much. So we are so happy to have you on board as a guest. Our first question that we have for you is that... How would you yeah. define radical Jesus reformation? Well, I believe radical Jesus reformation would be the culture responding, our culture responding to the culture of heaven, being a culture that um, is aligned with the word of God, a culture that is bringing forth kingdom and everything that we do, that the citizens of the kingdom are responding like the king would want us to, then we have prepared a place for him, that we are beginning to bring forth the good that is that is good, that is defined as good, is defined as good in scripture, and it's being seen by the world as good, that we are unified brothers and sisters, not in judgment or condemnation, living a life free of guilt, but and living in the righteousness of Christ, that we are carrying his righteousness, uh, that we are carrying the heart of the father, that we are living in the realm of prosperity, the realm of heaven on earth, that we know and understand uh, the resurrection and the ascension, and we are living as such that Jesus died, buried, and resurrected to give us all of this, uh, and he ascended to properly position us, and that that if the culture is to truly be a, a reformed culture, it needs to be one that is living in all of those aspects, because the kingdom government, the ecclesia, the church called to have that level of kingdom government should be operating in the fullness of that in the here and now. This is not something we wait for. It should be something that's taking place now. And so as we work towards seeing that happen globally, the outcome would be that we are living kingdom, the kingdom government of heaven is being made manifest on the earth. We are from Scandinavia, we are from Norway, and we are from Sweden. And we are small nations compared to the US. But how can we gain a breakthrough no matter what kind of situation we come from? You know, I believe that, that um, breakthrough first happens in prayer. When people come to a place of beginning to pray, uh, not only for themselves, okay, we always seem to start with the self. Yes, begin with yourself, begin with your family. That's what touches you first and foremost. Those are burdens that you carry. But then begin to start advancing, praying for your nation, praying for leaders in government, praying for uh, those in media, praying for your church leadership, beginning to start to pray for key leaders that can shift culture. Begin to start to ask the Lord to raise up the leaders that can take positions in culture that would bring about a reformation. And so it first starts with the heart. We have to also come to a place of repentance. Repent for yourself. Really, repentance just means having change of heart. It means take a look at you and, and uh, cognitively understand what the Lord is telling you needs to be changed and confess that. Say, this needs to be changed in my life. I recognize this. And Lord, I want to 
come in alignment with your word, which you've already spoken. And remember, Jesus was the word. He already walked the earth. Okay. So he was our example. So the word uh, walked the earth, the word died, the word buried, the word resurrected and ascended. The word is living and active. And so take that word and line yourself up with the word. Then begin to, um, so we repent, we line ourselves up with this word. Uh, we declare and decree this word. We make personal changes in regards to this word. And then begin to start declaring and decreeing over your nation. Because as you get changed on the inside of you, you will want to see your nation begin to get in alignment with the word of God. Sometimes we say, oh, we want the nation to change. But listen, the nation will change when the people in the nation change. Mm. It starts with you and me. Amen. Amen. Mm. It starts with that. So take a look at yourself, repent, confess, declare and get in line with the word. I agree with what you're saying about the declaration because in Scandinavia, I know that people have just prophesied doom and gloom for years and years and years. And I believe that we need to, to break off word curses over our nation to see, be able to see a breakthrough and start to declare what heaven is saying about a nation, to speak forth what God is saying. That means that we need to start to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying about a nation and start to declare those words words and to is speak to the land and to the ground of the the very soil to the uh, of this nation to just see the fruit come forth uh, so what what you say about declaration and repentance i think that is also a, such a key word for to live a repenting life to repent also for what others people have done other leaders or pastors that may have done wrong maybe when we need to take the step and the place and just you know repent just come in repentance from that and start to agree with what the spirit of god is saying to the land absolutely that's how it's going to happen i wonder if you because we talked about in the school of the supernatural about hindrances um, within in, the churches within the churches to see a breakthrough and to see a reformation because we want to reform we we want to see a, a shift and a change in the atmosphere over our nations but you actually use the words uh, uh, witchcraft within the churches what, what do you mean by witchcraft in the church? Could you please explain it? Yes. You know, really the vision that God gave me was to show the fact that sometimes, you know, even when we're in leadership, leadership of churches, leadership of our nation, we get involved in things that we don't even know is wrong. We're born into this earth. We're born into a state of lack and poverty. And so we have engaged most of our lives with many forces that have tried to take advantage of us. And it's only until we come to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior and come to that place of recognizing that we went the wrong way, do we realize we've, we've gone the wrong way and then we make a change. And so I, I actually see seeping into the churches and it has for, for a very, very long time this acceptance of culture, this acceptance of, you know, calling what is good evil and beginning to start to build even the church around that. And so I think it's a time for for leaders to come to a place of examining how they allowed a culture to so affect 
the holiness of the church and began to just simply, you know, say, Lord, I need you to kind of deal with me. I need you to kind of show me how my churches or, or how my environments are not pleasing to you in this way. What could I be allowing to come in and to ravage uh, my congregation or ravage my, uh, my nation, my town, whatever, come in and ravage. And I didn't even know it. And it's okay. We just got to say we don't know, you know, when we feel his conviction so that he can show us what's right and we can begin to come back in alignment with the word of God. I think there's a lot of things that we do that we think is okay, but it's really not okay. And it it's inviting forces to come in and begin to, um, you know, wreak havoc and, and, and kill, steal, and destroy in our our, uh, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our churches. So, and this is witchcraft spirit and it tries to make its way in. It will create confusion and will do all kinds of things where people aren't really sure what is good or what is evil. And so I think we as leaders just got to come back to that place of saying, you know what, Lord, I don't know everything and I need you to show me what I don't know. And I'm more concerned about uh, being uh, in that alignment with you and, and ministering the word the way you want me to and, sit and telling the people what needs to be said. We have so many influences coming from media and coming from culture that are trying to tell us what is right. They don't know what's right. And so, and, and if, if we're listening to that as church leaders, we're going to begin to incorporate some of those things as being right. Mm. And, and they're not, they're not right. And so that's where we have to really examine ourselves and examine our leadership and then begin to step into proper position and start, start moving forward. Um, and so, so, so I saw this kind of happening in a dream where the Lord is revealing to me that there's a lot of, of witchcraft and it's christian witchcraft because it's witchcraft that's in christian places mm -hmm. and it shouldn't be and it, it it's becoming harmful and it's affecting people and good people are agreeing with it and we really shouldn't be agreeing with this we should be standing up saying that this is wrong when you talked about this i told you that i had a bible verse just the other day that revealed just these things and it's in isaiah 5 and 20 to 21 and it says woe to those who who call evil good and good evil those who put darkness for light and light for darkness those who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and shred in their own sight and I believe that that is what we see many times. We see people criticizing each other and saying, I don't believe that they are from God. I don't believe that this is from God. I don't believe they are doing the right things. And they put that actually is the word curses that are put upon our brothers and sisters. And this is something that we need to break off. We need to repent from it. And we need to stop doing this because this is not from God. When when we put ourselves in a position to be wise in our own eyes, God will not tolerate that any longer. And he will start to deal with those things. So, but we can repent and we can break those words off and just start to live in purity and start to bless instead of cursing. Pastor Candice, out from your own experience, how do you deal with these kinds of uh, witchcraft within the churches? Well, you know, you kind of have to hit witchcraft head on, but it always has repercussions with it, you know? And I think that's a lot of times why people don't want to go there 
is you don't want the repercussions that come from stopping certain behaviors or changing certain things. I mean, as a leader, you have to stand for the Lord and you can't be afraid of what the people think or if they're going to come back to church the next day. Mm. Okay. Because there's a likelihood they probably won't if you're really telling the truth. Mm. Um, because it's hard to accept the truth of the word of God. God is loving and God is compassionate and, and God has mercy on us. But what's very important to the Lord is that he made a way for us to come out of the pits of hell and to be resurrected and ascended with him. And so he has an expectation that if he released us from that bondage, we shouldn't make a choice to stay in it. And that's a choice that says that what he did was not enough. There wasn't, and, and that we're not thankful for what he's done. Mm -hmm. And so we have to stand and we need to say, this is not good, it's evil. This is not right, we must change doesn't mean that if people are steeped in the culture, but they're church attenders, it's, there's a war that's going on within them and within the church at the same time. They, they, they want to be in both worlds and you can't really be in both worlds. And, and definitely not in today's world. Can you be in both worlds? Because um, it, it's, it creates a tremendous amount of confusion People want to be healed. They want to be redeemed. They want all of these great things to happen. But, but when the Lord tells you you're messing in an area where you shouldn't, you can't ask for healing in one area and then still continue to play games in another. And I think people just don't, they don't necessarily want to stop. So it could be a word that's, that could be difficult. Well, it may not be appealing to all the ears that hear it, but it may be a word that is truth. And it's because God loves us and because he already redeemed us from that very thing that we're playing with that he doesn't want us to play with. And, and when we don't know, and he tells us, no way, I know you didn't realize it, but you guys are playing in the wrong area. Culture's fed you this, and this is not the way you're supposed to be going. Then we need to stop. And leaders are the only ones that can lead in that regard. So I say this to leaders, you may not get the results you want with the people, but then this is the difference between honoring God or not honoring God. When you honor God, the Lord will line up your ministry appropriately. You gain favor with God first before you gain favor with Amen. man. And when we come to that place of gaining favor with God, because we stand for the word, I'm not saying any of this is easy. And I'm not saying I have all the answers. I'm not even saying that I want to be somebody that is like a huge proponent to stand up and start creating and stirring. I don't have any desire to do that. I do have a desire to see the culture reformed. And I know it's it's going to take people that speak the truth in order to make that happen. And here in the end times, the truth is something that is skewed a lot. And mm -hmm. I think that the best of churches are being skewed and they don't even realize it. So when you get the realization from heaven that you are, then repentance starts with the head. And when the head comes forth and begins to repent, then the body will then come forth and begin to repent appropriately. Ultimately, revival is an act of God. It's something that the Lord does in the hearts of people. But he does it because people have said, wow, Lord, I've heard your voice and we're not doing the right thing. Mm. You know, and we want to be in alignment with you. And, and that, you know, that's what he wants because ultimately he wants us to live prosperous lives and prosperity comes from allowing heaven to impact the earth. We want more of heaven, then we're going to need to be changing some things so that we become more heavenly in Amen. our approaches here in the earth. Everything comes with a price. I mean, are you going to please man or are you going to please the Lord? 
So it's a choice that we have to make. And, you know, there's another side to Jesus because when he went to the temple, when he saw, saw the people that sold within the temple, you know, he got mad. He took a whip. He actually made a whip, made people leave from this place. They have made the Lord's house into something it was not made to be. You're not used to that kind of Jesus. You just want to be a Jesus that you just want to, you know, clap you on the <laughs> shoulder and just say nice things. And But that is also a side with Jesus. When he sees something that is opposite the word of God, he in one way gets mad. He reacts to it. You know, you have to be more in love with Jesus than you are with the affections of the people. And that's, that's hard because God gives pastoral leaders a love for the people, which is why they're pastoral. But at the same time, they're also called to stand up and to say, this is what God wants. And this is what God says. And sometimes when you begin to do that, because the people hear the word no, that word no causes people to feel like they're being disciplined or that they're being uh, redirected or that they're being, um, they're, they're, they're being told they can't do something. And that makes them feel bad about themselves. And when someone feels bad about themselves, they have one of two choices. They either fight against that thing or they flee that thing. And so then it takes a while to bring them back around again. We always think the word no is bad because it's a restrictive type of thing, but no could actually be the very thing that saves your life. No could be the thing that God is using to build a safe boundary. We never think of it like that. And the enemy has us programmed not to think like that. That is a result of the lack that we were born into when we came into the earth and because of the generational sin of Adam and Eve that came before the people. But here's the good news. The good news is Jesus broke all that. The sin, death, and the grave, the curse was broken. The question is, are we going to live like the curse is broken? All of the no's and all of the directives are to help us live like the curse is broken. Not like ones who are engaging with this curse and calling it life. And so he's trying to say to us, no, I broke the curse. Don't engage in what is going to increase the curse upon your lives or upon the lives of my nations that I love and that I died for. You know, I died, buried and resurrected for. And you see, he already sees us ascended. These problems exist with us. We don't see ourselves that way. He said the kingdom has arrived when he came. And it was sealed when he died, buried, resurrected, and ascended. The problem lies with us and our ability to be able to create environments that replicate heaven on earth. It's a, it's a mandate. Let heaven superimpose earth. So we, we are the ones that have to get in alignment. And it's leadership. It's fivefold ministry. And it's, and it's, uh, it's the leaders in the body of Christ, small group leaders. If you call yourself a leader, you're called to help bring people into alignment. And that can be messy. Nobody wants to deal with that because people get offended. And if offense comes in, which is of the enemy, he gets a stronghold and then he starts to destroy. We are dealing with very, very difficult boundaries to doing the will and work of the Lord. We have to be as harmless as doves and as wise as serpents when it
it comes to operating in these realms, when we begin to step out and call good evil and evil good, when we begin to endeavor to do that, we and, and call witchcraft what it is, we're going to get some pushback. And, and, and that's hard. People don't want to get pushback. Mm-hmm. And I think we've got to get to a place where we say, we don't care if there's pushback because we've got to do this or, ev- or, or it's like death to everyone. What if, what if it's like there's a death, but there doesn't need to be because mm-hmm. he came and he brought life already and we're supposed to be living in it. He just corrects us so we can keep living in life. Death is eradicated. It's life that we should be concerned with. And how do we live our lives in light of what he did? Amen. Uh, we started with Reformation. And as a final question, we will also end with Reformation. So in what way will we as believers be able to notice a difference before and after when true reformation have taken place? Amen. That's such a good question. And I think that the whole preceding question kind of led up to this very moment. A reformed nation wouldn't be one that is living like heaven and earth. It's a church that is living ascended. It's the ecclesia. It's mm. the church government living in authority. It's, it's the taking down of the strongholds of culture that defy the things of the kingdom. It's the raising up of kingdom in such a way that the rest of culture bows to that. We are not there yet. We even as Christians are bowing our heads to a culture. And what we need to be doing is we need to be setting culture. In order for us to set culture, we have to raise up people that take positions of leadership in homes, neighborhoods, communities, in government, media, and in the different seven mountains. We've got to raise them up. They have to be willing. They have to be called. We got to raise them up. And then we got to tell them, listen, the religious mountain isn't everything. You've got Jesus on the inside of you. Now you go and do it where you're called to do it because you're the one that God is using in that environment. I'm reminded of, um, of William Wilberforce who uh, had a love for God. And he came to a place where he was wondering whether or not he should go and be a pastor, whether he should go to seminary or whether he should step into the political. And he was fighting that on the inside of him. The Lord had given him this love for him. And he was starting to feel like, oh my gosh, I'm so in love with God. I'm so, I want to turn my life over to the Lord. But he met with the prime minister uh, of Britain who said to him, wait, the Lord's got something better for you. I know you want to serve him. I know you want to go to the religion mountain and you want to serve him there and you want to be a vicar and you want to do do all of these things. He says, but, but I know that you and I together, we can make a difference in our country. And he was willing to give up maybe what he thought was this call of God in this area to, to take that love for God and begin to adjust it. And he was one of the ones that brought down uh, the slave trade, the slave trade, which, which was part of culture. Slavery was a part of culture at that time. But because this man who loved God made the choice to follow God into a political arena, he fought for 20 years. The slave trade 
was eradicated as a result of the beginnings of the eradication of that. What if he had stayed on the religious mountain? There are men and women all over the world who are feeling this call of God and they're falling in love with God. And yet God has given them a special gift. He's given them a special call to, to juxtapose out, to jet out in a certain area, business, government, media, education, whatever it is. They need to step into that realm be empowered by your pastor or the people that are, are in your community that are worshiping the lord get in your small groups but be empowered to go and change society we are not just all going to change society because we sit in the religion mountain it is not going to happen reformation is not going to happen until all the mountains are touched and people who are called of god they're in love with god are taking positions of authority and knocking the enemy off those mountains and they're saying you know what i am the one called as the answer here because i know the answer the answer is jesus i'm going to bring him to you in this sphere of influence i know you all have started this business school uh gothenberg.business the business school and when you raise up people in the business school you're teaching them to stay in the realm of business because they're gifted there but to bring god into business yeah and see see that's what reformation is all about reformation in every country we need to be praying for leaders to have enough guts those who love god have enough guts to get outside the walls of the church and hold the position that god is calling you and he will raise you up what is that city council school boards um you know governors whatever you are and hold your position you will be the change for reformation amen. amen amen would you please please pray for us in the end now and uh, pray for reformation and pray for whatever that you have on your heart for the listeners amen amen lord i just thank you in the mighty name of jesus we thank you for your love for scandinavia lord we thank you for your love for the people we thank you for what you've already done death burial resurrection breaking the curse of sin death in the grave properly positioning us lord and father we just cry out for scandinavia lord that you would prop that you would raise up people lord that see themselves already ascended with you they're in love with you lord they're in that place father Father, where you're calling them to step out and begin to start shifting culture. Father, I praise you and I thank you, Lord, right now, Father, that you're raising up these leaders, that people are hearing this call to get in proper position in Scandinavia and begin to step into the roles that God is calling you to, to begin to stand for what is good, to begin to hold fast your faith and the word of God. Father, we thank you, Lord, for breakthrough over the nations, Lord Jesus, over the nation of Scandinavia. Father, we just release the angelic host to come and begin to minister and encourage the people to go forth with fire, Lord. We thank you right now, Lord Jesus, that you are doing that right now in the heavenlies, Father. You are releasing and bringing about that fire. You're bringing about that shift. Make your people aware, Lord Jesus, of where they called good evil and evil good so that they can repent, Father. Repentance is the first step, Lord, to seeing revival and reformation. We thank you, Father, for alignment right now in the mighty name of Jesus. We declare and decree today, Father, 
breakthrough for Scandinavia, Lord, and a reformation to begin. That you're, you're, I even see him calling just young people that, you know, they're beginning to feel the call. They don't even yet know it or understand it from a, from a natural perspective, but the Lord is raising up a new breed of young people that are going to begin to feel the fire, sense the presence of the Holy Spirit, and, and begin to leap out and, and do what's necessary so that they can take those roles. Father, we praise and we thank you. We pray for the current generation and we pray for the upcoming generations, Lord Jesus, to begin to bring alignment into your word. We thank you, Father, and we glorify you. We thank you for this podcast, Lord, and that all those that hear it, Lord, will be changed in an instant and feel the power of reformation to go forth and, and be who you called them to be in the environments that you called them to do it in. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Reformation Scandinavia. If you have been blessed, please share this message. Make sure to rate and review on Apple Podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen. We would love to stay connected with you. To receive our newsletter and to give to our ministry, go to reformationscandinavia.se. Maybe you have a relationship to Scandinavia. Send us an email and tell us more about it. Be blessed and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah.